We're in. How you doing, Dustin? Doing good, man. It's uh, It's been a long time coming. We got the place together, talked about doing a podcast a month ago, but uh, we're finally here. Yes, um, I think it's been smooth sailing also since we first got here. It's a bit of a different beast, obviously, um, especially, I know there's that analogy out there, or lack of better term, uh, lesson to be learned out there in some cases. Um, I've heard that you don't move in with your best friends, but I think you and I have sort of defeated those odds. So far, this has been going really good, and I don't know, I, I'm happy, I think it's been working, we're you know, have the same friend group and stuff too, so we at least can have the same friends over and, yeah. Yeah, no, it's good. Uh, it's kind of a bit of a bachelor pad around here. It's kind of a frat house, like my sister mentioned. We don't really have a lot of uh, furniture yet other than our coffee table that you have just below us right here and then our couch and then obviously the, the regular stuff like the, the kitchen table and whatnot. So, I mean, I don't know. It doesn't take me much to be happy. I'm just happy to have a roof over my head and still just kind of doing my thing, going about my business. What about you? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I'm I'm happy with what we've been able to collect around here and like I said, so far it's been it's been really good. Unfortunately, I don't know if we want to get into it right away, but about a week or two after we finally made the move, I found out I was going to be working pretty well full-time out of town. So, <laughs> I've been gone for just about 3 weeks and I'm going to be gone for the most part of the next month as well so it's been kind of a rocky road as far as that not rocky but uh it's been unfortunate that we finally get the place and we're you know excited cooking dinners together and all of a sudden it's like well zane you're on your own it's a bit of a different beast to navigate of course because we are getting comfortable like in that realm and then you have to leave for a job but i mean you know duty calls right that's just the way it is and uh, a lot of people in alberta are, are used to that you know like working up north and stuff like that um i haven't personally had uh, an opportunity to do that but i mean I i'm kind of happy with where i'm at I'm, I'm sure you're happy with where you're at it's one of those things that you kind of adjust to right yeah you and i the same this is my first out of town job um so far so good you know it's uh, it's been going really well i'm working up in a little town in central bc with i think about 500 people live there in total so it's definitely out of the way for sure but uh yeah no it hasn't seemed to affect the friendship by any means and uh I'm I'm so happy to be home. I wasn't actually even supposed to be home yet. I had a little bit of a a plan to go out to the to the island there in Victoria and that changed abruptly yesterday. So if I seem a little bit off to the audience, uh it's because I just spent about 18 hours trying to figure out my way back to Edmonton just yesterday. <laughs> I'm really glad you brought that up because I said just before we started this that you were a bit grumpy today. Yeah, well, I, def I definitely <laughs> seemed a little bit off. But, uh, you know, I'm happy to be doing this. It's like like I talked about, we wanted to do this earlier and, you know, just today seemed like the right time to do it. So here we are. Yeah, no, it's it's great to wake up on Saturday again and, uh, and have some coffee and whatnot. It's the long weekend, right? So I think a lot of people are are getting out to wherever they're going. It's still a little too cold, I think, to go to the lake. It's only like 16 degrees, give or take. Yeah, yeah, and it's nice throughout the day, but the water would definitely still be cold. And I mean, we, we've been talking about maybe getting out to the mountains this summer, which would be great. Um, ideally, this, this job doesn't run long, and I do a few more weeks up there, and then I'll be home for good. It was funny last night, actually. I don't even think I told you this, because I've only actually lived here for... Well, technically about a month and a half, but I've only really been here maybe the better part of four weeks. 
So last night, after all the planes and trains and bus trip and everything to make this happen to get home, it was about 12.30 and I almost felt like I was breaking into someone's house even though I was just coming home because I'm just not used to it. <laughs> just so unfamiliar, it's just like uh, a stranger. I was like a zombie when I showed up last night, but it was so nice to be back in my own bed and get to see you again this morning and it just, you know, feels like I'm, I'm back into it, so that's good. I knew you were home too because... Like I told you earlier, I woke up with a glare of light on my face. <laughs> I left the hall light on. You left the hallway light on. <laughs> and you were in, in your room with your door closed and I heard a couple of snores in there. Oh, I was out. So I was like, oh, Dustin's home. <laughs> I'm back, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but uh, that kind of covers that part of it. I was going to tell you a little bit more. I'm doing a... A siding job up in BC there it's actually kind of a cool project we uh, were working on like a halfway house for women and children so it's kind of a cool project the guys out there haven't worked on big projects like the the general contractor and stuff it was funny when I was meeting uh, its Keller uh, group that I'm working for and they were like yeah it's a pretty busy site around here and there's about 15 people there. And this last site I was working at in town here, I think there was upwards of 120. So it's it's just out there. Like, there's nothing going on. But uh, it's going really good. That's good, man. And uh, did, did you go to school for siding at all? Like, I know you went to school for uh, electri- electrical. I went for electrical. Um, in Alberta, the rules are a little, a little bit different. Um, and, and it's all kind of across Canada when it comes to siding and cladding. Certain provinces, like BC, for example, require you to take schooling if you want to uh, get your like level one through journeyman. But in Alberta, it's all just uh, experience. Mm. So it's just about time worked and working with different product and stuff. So I'm kind of lucky in that aspect that, you know, I don't actually really have to take any schooling. It's just mainly sticking with the job and, you know. I, I can respect that for sure. I've had this conversation before, before with a couple of people um, experience is everything. You can learn all you can in the books, and that's got some value too. But I mean, until you're actually on the job and actually learning it, like with your hands, it's it's where it's at. And I, I totally yeah. respect that. Yeah, 100%. absolutely. No, I'm I'm happy doing it. It's been, yeah, it's been a good year and a half. Um, a mutual friend of ours uh, introduced me to the job. He uh, his dad is a co-owner of the company, and um, I was working in restaurants beforehand, and. Uh, he mentioned through the kind of corona time when it was a little bit worse that uh, he had a possible job for me. And sure enough, I think it was a day or two later, I talked to my boss, Kevin. Now he called me and hired me and it's been about a year and a half strong. Nice, man. That's awesome. And I'm glad you brought up your uh, your restaurant experience as well, because we know that you lived in Vancouver for a time and you had some interesting stories. You've met some cool celebrities. Yeah, yeah. No, that it was sort of uh, just out there. I was working or sorry, I moved to Vancouver a few years ago now. Jeez, it was almost five years ago. And I was out there just over two years and uh, I was young, you know, just in my very early 20s and I just wanted to go and live in Vancouver. I have some family out there and, you know, it was just like a getaway sort of thing. So I saved up some money and made the move and then I needed a job pretty quickly because as they say, Vancouver is very expensive. So I actually got a job that my cousin uh, worked at years and years before at a restaurant and I met some people through that and then I ended up working at a place called Elisa Steakhouse. And if you look it up, it's one of the 
fanciest steakhouses they say in uh, in all of Canada and it's definitely the fanciest restaurant I've ever been in and had the opportunity of actually enjoying and uh, yeah I met a few celebrities there and had a really cool experience and, yeah you uh, met you met John Cena the Sedin twins from the Vancouver Canucks yeah uh, I met uh, Jensen Eccles from Supernatural oh, the cool. DJ Tiesto I met all of uh, or most of uh, Nickelback uh, Chad Kroger is a weird dude. <laughs> but yeah, I served all those guys and got to know them a little bit. And um, majority of the NHL, too. Like, uh, basically all of the Canucks. I saw a bunch of the Oilers there. I met Pecorine. Nice. Um, yeah, a bunch of different people. And, you know, it's it's almost hard not to, like, be sort of starstruck when you see these people. But they were very good at, like, you know, keep it professional. And luckily I was able to, you know, not freak out too much. I feel like aside from maybe Toronto, Vancouver is almost like the Hollywood of Canada. So when you go there, you could potentially meet a lot of interesting people with connections. And I think you told me once that you had an opportunity to potentially be like an extra on the show Riverdale. Yeah, that actually came up. That was, uh, again, my cousins that live out there have a really big network. They were born and raised in Vancouver and they're kind of mover and shakers a little bit and they've got kind of... They've got their hands in a bunch of different candy jars, as it were. And uh, yeah, a mutual friend of my cousin had an opportunity for me to work on a couple. I think it was Riverdale was an option. And then one of my roommates, actually, another guy that I was living with, uh, is actually an extra on that show, Gotham. Oh, really? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So I had the opportunity to do that, but it just kind of slipped through the cracks. And that was right around the time that I got that Elisa job. So I was pretty full invested on doing that. Oh, so it was Gotham. It wasn't Riverdale? Riverdale was also an option as well. Okay, okay. Yeah, That's yeah there, was awesome. a, there was a few different... A lot of those uh, Netflix originals, and then they do a lot of uh, movie... Like, big movie scenes, like... Uh, what is it? I think it's one of the Iron Man movies where he's flying through a tunnel. That's all shot in Vancouver. There's a lot of uh, big-budget movies and just film that goes on in Vancouver, and if you know the right people, you can definitely get involved and work your way up through that, too. It's very cool. It's cool that you lived there for so long. You know, I think I have a friend who recently moved to Scotland. Uh, That's she's, cool. she's spending a couple of years there and uh, her passion is travel. So I think you're at the right age where you do that sort of thing, like in your early 20s, even late 20s. Like it doesn't really like have a time limit but I mean the older you get, obviously, the less likely you are to do that. So if that's something you want to do, it's really a limb you got to go out on a limb and just do it, right? Yeah, absolutely. And that's why when I was, I think I was 20 when I moved there. And uh, I just thought to myself exactly that, you know, I'm if I'm 20 now and I go to school for the next four years, maybe I won't have the opportunity, but I had the opportunity and I just jumped on it. And honestly, it went really, really well. Um, it's just that due to the state of the world a couple years back and, you know, we're slowly getting better now. Um, restaurants basically across the globe shut down and I was working two different restaurant jobs one being Elisa another one I worked this pretty cool at the uh, University of uh, BC the golf course there I was working there as well and that was really cool but uh, that abruptly stopped <laughs> all on the same day and uh, I was able to float it with you know the help of the Canada relief benefits and stuff like that for a few months but after, well, actually, you would remember, I came home for a visit and uh, hadn't seen you in a couple of years, I think. And we got together at Boston Pizza for a beer. 
And that was one of the few things that made me decide, you know what, I miss being in Leduc. And uh, I made the decision about two weeks later to move back home. And uh, honestly, I'm happy I did. It was, a, it was a cool experience in Vancouver, and it was fun while it lasted, but I definitely feel like I've got a better grounding and just am moving forward a lot better here, you know? Yeah, that's, that's definitely valuable life experience that you'll carry with you for the rest of your life, really. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, and I still have the opportunity to go there as much as I want. Like, I was just there. Part of my traveling yesterday was when I was leaving Smithers, I had to stop in Vancouver and from Vancouver, I was supposed to go to Victoria, but that changed. So I needed to find a way to get home to Edmonton. And I had about a five or six hour layover in Vancouver. So I was able to actually shoot over to my cousin's place for a really quick dinner. And they were having a whole family get together just kind of out of the blue. They were going to see Cirque du Soleil last night. And uh, they were trying to find me a ticket, but I was so tired i just said you know what guys i'm gonna go back to the airport and luckily i made it on that first flight back home last night cool yeah that's a pretty short flight too right like an hour and a half or something yeah it's a i'd say about an hour and a half maybe an hour and 20 minutes yeah yeah so it's not too bad but it's just the accumulation right because it's from uh from where i was staying to get to smithers it's about an hour drive and then about an hour and a half flight to vancouver and then doing all the traveling in Vancouver with the trains and the buses to get to my cousin's place, actually the place that I used to live, and then doing all that to get back, and then the hour and a half flight, and then of course my dad picked me up last night. I'm rambling a little bit, but it was a, it was a travel heavy day. <laughs> no, I hear you, man, and BC is beautiful, and it's very convenient. I, I take the, uh, the plane to Kelowna uh, about a couple of years ago for a stag, yeah, and uh, it's it's just the most relaxing flight because I don't like traveling on a plane for longer than four hours. That's about as long as I've ever done just to like fly to Mexico and stuff like that. But right, I, um, obviously you have your connections and whatnot, so it kind of breaks itself up. But I mean, unless you're rich and you can fly first class, man, it's kind of a it's kind of a drag. I told you uh, about the story, I'm sure, of when I went to Tokyo. Um, that was back in high school. And my dad worked at Air Canada for his entire career. And through that, he uh, made some really cool friends and acquaintances. And he actually was able to work with the Oilers for the better part of 10 years at the end of his career there. And uh, one of the friends he met doing that was a flight attendant when he wasn't working with the Oilers. And uh, he sent me a text the one day when we were sitting in English class. I remember it so well. It was grade 12. And I had always wanted to go to Tokyo, and he sent me a text saying, I have a five-day layover in Tokyo. Would you like to come? And I practically shot out of my chair. I think I actually left class for the rest of that day. And uh, anyways, I ended up going to Tokyo, and because of his connections, he got me on the flight for free, and it was on the 777, which was pretty new at the time. And it has those, like, they're like individual seats that fold down into beds that like there's a flat screen tv that folds out of the wall and it's like your own little cocoon area oh, it was so cool so killer. that that is definitely an experience that i mean i it was so cool and even though it's a about a 12 hour flight it doesn't really feel like it because you're basically just in a lounge chair with you know you got meals or 
drinks if you want, and uh, you can watch whatever, or if you want to just crash for a bit, you just fold your seat down into a bed and crash. See, it's really cool when you have a, like someone like a relative or someone you know who's got perks like that to their job, but it also can work against you because if you do experience that kind of luxury, it kind of sets a bar for you, does it not? So like when you actually go back to the yeah. common folk, like next time you're like, ah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I've never been that type to like, you know, I, I take, uh, I take what I can get as far as the experiences, you know, like different opportunities present themselves and sometimes you just got to jump on it. Mm -hmm. And going to Tokyo, for example, was something that I just couldn't say no to, but I don't mind flying, you know, just economy class or whatever. Like, you know, the, the business class is obviously an upgrade, but <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I I would say it's a cool experience, but you got to kind of know where you lie and that kind of thing, you know? So, Dustin, I see you're wearing a nice Detroit Red Wings shirt there. Why don't you enlighten the audience on a really cool story you have to share? Yeah, actually, I think we have a couple to talk about if we have time. Uh, first one being the reason I even have this shirt. I went on a, a trip with my cousin and a good friend of ours a couple years back. Uh, it was a little bit of a hockey getaway. Uh, all through the states. We went to Pittsburgh, Columbus, and then finally Detroit. Got to see a couple different hockey games. And uh, the Detroit one, which for most of you probably wouldn't know, is uh, they've always been my favorite team ever since I was a kid. And it was a really cool experience when, uh, when Eric mentioned this trip. I was like, well, you know, it sounded affordable and it sounded like a good time. So with the bonus of seeing the Red Wings live at their own arena, it was uh, definitely... Definitely kind of cool. Detroit, arguably worse <laughs> than they say it is. It is not a nice city, but uh, still cool experience. Yeah, we uh, we got to the arena there, and uh, like I kind of mentioned earlier, my cousins have always been sort of movers and shakers, and so Eric uh, had this sort of regiment. Every time, every game we went to, he would talk to guest services and try and get us, get us an upgrade. Uh, unfortunately, in Detroit, it was the only city where it didn't happen. We did have the opportunity, but we would have had to pay for the upgrade, which is fine. But while he was in there, this really energetic dude about my age came up to me and he said, Hey, I noticed that there's three of you. Uh, would you like to join us for the first intermission? For the little, you know how they do little games and stuff like that. And I was like, well, absolutely. And Mark <laughs> uh, came up to me and he was like, well, I don't know, we should talk to Eric. And I was like, Mark, you really think that Eric is going to say no to doing whatever this little thing is? So, yeah, long story short, I got to go on the ice. And we did like a, like a musical chairs type thing with, uh, with spotlights. And unfortunately, I was the first person out. <laughs> um, I was in such awe of even being in that, like that given that opportunity. Um, we were supposed to put knee pads on. And I didn't know until we were walking out onto the ice. <laughs> so I'm holding this pair of knee pads in my hand. And this guy, one of the trainers or whatever, runs out. And he's like, give me those. You're not going to need those. And I was like, oh, my God, what's happening? So I think they probably noticed that. And they shut my light off pretty much immediately. We were supposed to leave the ice. But I just walked over to the benches and just started recording and I would just stayed and my cousin came in second place uh, it was him and this lady that were left and 
we won a couple like side prizes. I forget what the main thing was. Maybe it was hockey tickets or something like that. But it was really, really cool. I mean, talk about like, first of all, going to see your favorite team and then being on the ice. It was just, it was kind of a surreal moment. It was really, really cool. That's really awesome because you've seen more than one NHL arena. You've seen Pittsburgh. You've seen Columbus. You went to LA. Like you've been in a lot of arenas. That's awesome. As a hockey fan myself, that's yeah. like a dream almost for me. Yeah. And at the time that, uh, that Detroit arena, the Caesars arena or whatever it's called, it was basically brand new and it is by far the most incredible arena i've seen i mean our our new one in edmonton here is it definitely uh is a, is a close second i would say um a lot of arenas like i've never been fond of uh well i guess it's crypto.com arena now but the la <laughs> arena not a huge fan <laughs> you said it's really steep right very very steep yeah i think it goes up three tiers and when you're at the top which is typically where we would sit because you just want to get some cheap tickets and go see the game you're almost better off just watching it off of like the the jumbo cam because you can hardly see the ice. <laughs> I feel like Rogers Place kind of has that effect in the in the upper bowl a little bit. Do you notice that too? It's not like as steep as probably LA's, but it does have a bit of an incline that kind of sketches you out a little bit. A little a, bit, especially if you had a couple drinks. <laughs> well, yeah. So why don't you lead that off? I, I mentioned that we did have an, a second story behind the Red Wings. Uh, we got to go to a game recently. Yeah, a couple months ago, like when when it was still the season there, and. Uh, Man, it was a good one to go to. You always kind of hesitate in terms of picking your, your games to go to. You'd like to go see a good team, but you hope that your team is good enough to play against that team because if they're not good, it's going to be probably a blowout, right? Exactly. But if it's the other way around and your team's the good team and you're playing a crappier <laughs> team, in this case, the Detroit Red Wings, although they are improving, they're getting better, they were still technically a, a weaker team. Which they're the not Warriors... their 9 team anymore by any means. Oh, absolutely, 100%. <laughs> So it was the Oilers and Red Wings that night. Yeah. And uh, you, you got some tickets there. and uh, It was know. actually a birthday present for my sister. Yeah. And she had picked up an out-of-town job again. Uh, she had been working in town, and I wanted to take her to a hockey game. I was going to get her tickets to the Battle of Alberta. I thought that would be so cool. Those tickets were about $400 each. So I looked, and they were playing the Red Wings, which is more of a gift to myself if I'm being honest but I knew that my sister would really appreciate it regardless mm -hmm. and uh, she was very excited and about a month later yeah, sometime in January she got that job and was unable to go so I reached out to my good buddy Zane here and I said this is the situation I've got hockey tickets and I need someone to go with because Gina is unable to go and uh, we had an interesting night to say the least it was just one of those nights where like everywhere you turned something was happening <laughs> it was endless not to mention the game i think was what was the score seven five or something like that yeah, like, it was, like it was seven, a five, yeah. very exciting game the oilers did end up taking it home which it's a little bittersweet like i said the red wings have always been my favorite team but the oilers definitely had a way better chance of getting into the playoffs and yeah but i mean like just just the chaos that erupted around us it, it was just one of those head-scratching moments where you look at each other and you're like, is this really happening? It was endless. Uh, <laughs> one, of the, one of the funny things that happened, before we get into the gentlemen that were sitting quite close to us, um, I've never had this happen, but I think it was both of us. I know, I think three or four times I looked at you and I said, oh, there's going to be a goal. And not four seconds later, they scored. Either way. 
Yeah, there it was, was it was weird. There was something weird happening with you that night. You just you were just on cue with with pretty much every event that took place on the <laughs> ice, and it was particularly the goals. And you were calling them. You know, you were just ringing them out. It was weird, man. It was cool. <laughs> yeah, it was great. I thought were you like possessed or something because you were just like foreseeing this, like a fortune teller. It was yeah, crazy. yeah. No, it was definitely uh, it was definitely out there. So you witnessed something, and well, let's back it up a little bit. These two gentlemen, I'll say, uh, were definitely under the influence a little bit. We could tell right from the get-go, uh, even basically the singing of the anthem. And uh, that's fine, you know? I think they had definitely pre-gamed a little bit before, and it was like, ooh, we better keep an eye on these two. Um, nice enough, guys. Definitely a little bit rowdy, and I think they had some friends a few rows down from us or something like that They had, like, more well. than a pair of friends in a different row. Like, they, they had friends in a couple other sections, it seemed like, because I, I saw them, like, convening an intermission, like, several of them, and it's just, and they weren't sitting near us, and it's just like, whoa, like, is there, like, an operation going on <laughs> around here or something? Yeah, so why don't you get into what en- ended up happening with uh, that the one of the two? <laughs> Well, leading up to this big moment here, I think I think their night kind of ended uh, around the second period or so. Abruptly. Abruptly. Uh, <laughs> and we'll get to that in a second here. But I mean, from from the drop of the puck all the way from the from the the warm up to the national anthem to the drop of the puck, uh, they were just really rowdy and swearing like no tomorrow. Profusely. Like, like, like just dropping f bombs and and actually calling like very boldly so calling all of us around them like the the audience like. You effing idiots! You this! You go! Come on, you guys! Like, come on! You know, yeah. Well, like... the the one guy, uh, he was really trying to get one of those uh, chants going. Let's go Oilers or whatever. One of those things, and he was so out of it. He kept screaming, "Let's go Ailer!" Um, and then screaming at everyone in our section because they weren't following suit <laughs> but not just like once or twice which which you can kind of snicker at the no, first time it was like, about Haha. every 30 seconds <laughs> it, yeah it, it just kept it was persistent and it's over just like, and over and over again like, yeah okay we got gotcha. you yeah <laughs> and then oh man and i just i felt really bad because right next to us was a mother and like her four or five year old yeah she was very young i yeah. would say definitely between yeah maybe between the ages of five and ten like uh, very very young you know she was excited to be at the game and uh the one uh, the one guy had i think a foam finger or something or i forget what it was it was some sort of hockey memorabilia like whatever and was very insistent on having this girl that he clearly did not know he wanted her to take this thing and he was I don't know the mom seemed very uncomfortable with it and it made us feel a little uncomfortable it was just it definitely progressed into something where it was like okay there's a couple of drunk guys here to like okay it's maybe more than that it, not in a good way <laughs> yeah yeah no and then the uh, the tip of the iceberg came I think it was in the second period and Dustin unfortunately missed this I, I just happened to be looking you know you know counterclockwise all around myself and uh i witnessed one of the two drunk guys tumble over about three four rows he went about four rows down landing on his chin uh, on his chin on on top of several other people he just he just fell completely down those rows yeah so and as you can imagine as zane was saying um 
similar to the Staples Center, it is a rather steep arena, and we, I believe, were in the very top row. Like, there was no more seats behind us unless you were at one of the tables. Which is, it, honestly, for the Edmonton Arena, that's not a bad seat at all. No. But you no. are up there, and I can only imagine tumbling. Like, if you go, you're not going to fall one row, as we saw. You you go about four or five, and he went right head over heel and uh, and landed basically in someone's lap a few rows down. And, and I witnessed it very like very <laughs> shortly after I saw him kind of getting up and him and his friend were very quickly escorted I think into a side room to get him looked at because he was definitely cut up a little bit yeah I mean there's not a bad seat in that place but I mean his his face unfortunately became a part of that seat so yeah <laughs> I mean you don't want to see anybody get hurt but it's just like it's time to go home yeah and like, I, like on I, their part I believe the friend came back. Yeah, he his friend came back, and he was clearly pretty upset that uh, this guy had fallen several rows, understandably. But uh, yeah, it uh, it definitely changed the course of their night, and uh, definitely made for an interesting story. Long story short, though, like he was okay, like everything was fine, but it was just like a kind of a classic moment of, of getting a little too rowdy, a little too drunk at an oiler game and uh, taking a wrong turn and then a tumble. So moral of the story here, just uh, if you're gonna be pre-drinking before the show, uh, make sure you got your emotions in check, make sure you got your mobility in check because bad things can happen. Yeah, like I, I'm all for having a couple of beers here and there and watching the game, you know, it kind of sets the mood. But if you're to a point where you're not going to remember anything the next day and potentially injure yourself or those around you, um, not to sound like a PSA, but maybe just check yourself before you get into that situation. Uh, the other thing that I wanted to mention about this game, um, luckily Zane didn't have to deal with this as much. So there was this wafting smell in the air, and it must have been on my side uh, I don't know if it was the person next to me or someone in the row down, but it was this, well, I don't know what what you would describe it as. It was like old cheese and feet, and it, w it was just horrible. Um, <laughs> it, was, it was horrendous. It, it kept hitting me over and over and over again and almost getting worse throughout the course of the night. Um, it, it didn't get to you as bad, though. Well, we did feel like like explorers from like back in the day we just or, or even like scientists in a laboratory we we thought we discovered a new smell that night it was unreal never um, smelled anything like it I, I don't know where it came from i don't either um i was actively covering my nose many different times and like even shimmying right <laughs> over into zane's seat because i figured maybe he had some sort of aura around him that was preventing the smell I commend you, my friend, because you were my shield. Because I didn't get it like you did. Like <laughs> wherever it was coming from, like like Dustin was there as the pillar, just just <laughs> shielding me from this madness, and it was really touching. I took one for the team that night. You did. You yeah, really did. Absolutely. Um, but I just wanted to bring that up because <laughs> as as the course of this hockey game just seemed to be an endless amount of just events and stories. That was just sort of the the cherry on top of. Well, then you said there was a guy. I didn't. I didn't see this part. We were we were walking back to our vehicle after the game, outside Rogers' place, and, and you said some guy was just staring at me and frowning. He was the most angry I've ever seen a human in my entire life, 
and was dead set on Zane. He never saw him. Um, I, I, I can't even recreate the face this guy was making, but he just looked like Zane ruined his entire life. But I never even talked to him. <laughs> no, we know, we have no idea who this guy is. He, he just <laughs> happened to be standing on the sidewalk on the way back to the car. Could have been on something, probably. Maybe. I, I mean, I, it's downtown Edmonton. Uh, any downtown anywhere could, you know, see something like that. But I, it just, that was another thing that I was like, this night is going to live in the history book somewhere because of all the things that took place in a three-hour window was unbelievable. Yeah. No, those are the best nights too because they're unpredictable, but they're things that you you just you laugh at. You know, it was just one of those things. Yeah, I, honestly, I think there's a couple things that we might even be forgetting. It just like every five minutes, it was like, well, there's another story happening here. There's something adding to this, <laughs> just this unbelievable story arc of one hockey game. <laughs> well, Dustin, this has been a slice. I mean, I, I want to say goodbye, but I mean, it won't be goodbye after this because we live together. So I'll just say, like, thank you for being a part of this episode today. And uh, obviously, we're going to have you on again. we got lots of stories to share. And as the days progress, new things are happening in our lives. So we'll have much more cool things to share with you guys. And uh, Dustin will be back. So thanks, Dustin. For Hopefully coming. sooner than later. This is fun. Um, I know I said it's a, it was a, <laughs> a little bit later than expected as far as getting this done. But uh, yeah, no, I had a great time. Thanks for inviting me onto the podcast. And you know, like like Zane mentioned, we are living together, so I might be around from time to time. I'm looking forward to it, and uh, yeah, we've definitely got an endless amount of stories that we can talk about, and uh, looking forward to getting into some of the other ones. Awesome. Thanks a lot, buddy. Well, and uh, all you listeners out there, thank you so much for tuning in today. Uh, be sure to subscribe to us on all of our streaming platforms like Spotify, Apple, Wherever there is audio or video, we're there, especially YouTube. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and our social media platforms. Thanks again, guys, for listening to Shire the Glass. I'm your host, Zane Tomich. We'll see you again next time. Have a great day.